Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! <laughs> Hello again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets banned. This is episode 110. 110 in the shade, you say? More like 110 and throw some shade. What? Tonight marks the return of the crapshoot, which will be setting its sights on the front door of apartment 13. 1903. Do you want to go in? I bet you don't. Even if the movie's good, you probably don't want to go in there because nothing good's going to happen in there. It wouldn't be in the horror scene anyway. But our main event this week, we're going to be putting listener Jay from Phoenix up against the wall to face the firing squad because he dared to recommend the movie Afflicted to me. Will he be punished? We all hope so. Only time will tell. And speaking of time, it's time for a podcast promo. We are not here to please you. Instead, we're two guys from faraway land of Finland. Talking about things like... Superhero-like animals. Force porn. Space travel and science. Getting old. And general geekery. And you can listen to us and find us at we are not here to please you dot blogspot.fi and beardsandbullshit.com slash W-A-N-H-T-P-Y. We of course are also on Facebook, iTunes, and Stitcher. So hello everybody, welcome to episode 110. As always, it is super groovy to be here with you. Murmuring softly in your earbuds. Or your butt ears, whatever. Whatever. So let's do a little chitty chat, shall we? Let's find out what's been going on with me. Well, gotta tell you, Patrick is tired. I am tired. As many of you know, I'm leaving for the UK on June 4th. I'll be in London until June 12th. And after that, I'll be in Dublin until the 24th. And, you know, the trip is a shit show. I said it last time. I don't know who I'm staying with. I don't know where I'm staying. It's a week later, two weeks later, and I still have no information. I don't know, by the way, my passport hasn't arrived yet. We're not cutting it close or anything. Not at all. No reason to panic. No stress. No unneeded stress. Not at all. Anyway, if you're in the UK area, well, head on over to the Facebook fan page. All the information for both shows is there. And, you know, just do a search on Scream Queens Horror Podcast in Facebook. And, of course, that's Queens with a Z. And get yourself some tickets because they're selling out. That'd be the big gay thing in Dublin on June 14th, 15th. I don't know. And then whatever the hell we're doing. In D- I don't know. See, I don't even know what our schedule is. We keep adding shows. We keep adding shows. Evidently, we're doing a royal performance. What? What does that mean? Am I performing for the queen? Are we doing the big gay thing for the queen? I don't know how I feel about gyrating for the queen. That was my luck. It'll probably be like Princess Margaret to Princess Anne. What a wonderful show. Sorry, all my UK listeners. I just sent, you know, (laughs) 
I'll just insult your culture, don't mind me. I insult my own, don't take it personally. But aside from that, what's been going on? Uh, okay, I don't even wanna talk about it anymore. Marilyn, the audiobook I'm narrating. All of the files have been mastered and have been uploaded to the Audible website. For now, my work is done until they find mistakes and tell me to correct them. But for now, my work is finally done. But like the poem said, miles to go before I sleep. Who's Miles? Miles Standish? What's going on? I'm confused. Anyway, shut up. Be quiet. The Normal Heart premiered on HBO on Sunday. I worked on that movie last summer. And it was an important thing to work on. You know, it's all about the rise of the gay men's health crisis, which is an organization that uh, was the first organization to help with gay cancer, as it was known back in the day. And that was the day that marriage equality passed in California and Don't Ask, Don't Tell got dropped and all that other wonderful stuff. It was a powerful, powerful day. And the movie's out now. And it was really powerful. Very different from the play, because it is based on a, a play. It was fleshed out a lot more, you know, Less politics, more person stuff, you know, interperson person stuff. I'm an English major. I have a degree. More emotional things were going on. And I'm in the scene where uh, it's their first fundraiser and the gay men's chorus comes on and sings, Someday he'll come along, the man I love. And even in the club scene, we're wearing these red suspenders and white shirts that make us really easy to spot. So it went by so fast, I did not see myself, but listener Dave wrote me this morning and said, I saw you, you were center stage. And I said, yes, yes, I was. And I got mad because when I saw it, I'm like, God damn it, they were panning the chorus and they cut just before they got to me. It was like the person next to me and they cut because I'm ugly, ugly. But if he said he saw me, then he saw me. Excuse me, as a truck drives through my living room. But, you know, if even... Uh, forget it. I'm not talking about that anymore. Anyway, Normal Heart, it's an important piece. Watch it. Have tissues handy, because you will weep. Because it's not happy. So I'm fired again from the Jekyll and Hyde Club. They keep letting me go, and then they beg me to come back, and then they're like, I'm oh, sorry, we can't keep you anymore. We have new people that we need to train and we can't afford you and they let me go and then they beg me to come back. So right now I am off the schedule. Just just tell me you're putting me on hiatus or whatever. It's fine. Have me work swing when you need me. That's fine. Just none of this. You're fired. You're hired. You're fired. You're hired. You're fired. You're hired. I'm too fragile a human being. However, on my last day I was there, I got to meet two very special guys. I was playing with this table and I heard that they were British. And I'm like, oh, of course, because now I have to make fun of them like I do with all British people. And it turned out they were both authors. One was a horror author and the other one writes these mysteries that seem to have some horror things as well. But, you know, we're not talking about that guy because he's not a fan of the show right now. Who we're talking about is the fabulous Alex Laybourne. Hi, Alex. Or hello, as you people say over there. Pip, pip. Cheerio, what, what, you know, be racist and everything. Would you like me to butter up your crumpet for you? Ooh, what's a buttery crumpet you got there, Alex? 
He's got a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of horror novels out there. They're all available on Amazon. And the one that got waggled in my face was called Highway to Hell. And that seems to have several books involved in it. Now, I have not read them yet. But based on the recommendations of the other author, who I believe Alex was buying drinks for, they're fabulous. So I have to believe that guy. And hey, other guy whose name I know, but I'm not pumping your shit out until you like come and like pump my shit out. That just sounded really dirty on a gay podcast. Don't pump my shit out. Pimp my shit out. Oh my God, my international relations skills are just miserable. This is how wars get started. By pumping shit. I don't, I never mind pumping. Okay, now I'm singing Christy McNichols songs. Hi, Alex. Welcome to the fold. And yeah, it is always this frenetic. Yay. So, Alex Laybourne, Highway to Hell, check it out. And that's L-A-Y-B-O-U-R-N-E, because Alex, as I've talked and as I've complained on this show very often, you just had to have that extra you, didn't you? God damn you. God damn you. God damn you and the cucumber sandwich you wrote in on. Anyway, speaking of sandwiches, I went on a picnic for Memorial Day. Not Memorial Day, but it was Memorial Day Saturday. You know, just some friends from the chorus and some other people that were new. Not new to the chorus, but people hadn't met before. We were just going to go meet in Central Park and have a little picnic lunch. I said, lovely. What a fun thing to do. So I go to the grocery store deli counter to get my lunch. And they, they have, I hadn't been to this one before. And their, their, their sandwich board, for want of a better word, you know, it's an electronic thing with all the choices on it. And it's going by so fast, it's very hard to read. So I'm just trying to focus on one sandwich, any sandwich. And I read fast, but this is like ping, 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 ping. Very quick. You know, you have to belong to that, you know, speed reading school, the woman whose name I don't remember because it's a really old reference. Those of you in the 70s know who I'm talking about. Everybody else doesn't care. So, Evelyn Wood, was that her name? Evelyn Wood what? Oh, Evelyn Wood everything. She was a speedy girl. God. I didn't even have coffee this morning, and I'm this crazy. Anyway, I had up there, and I'm like, I'll have the number seven. Honey ham and provolone on rye. She's like, yes, okay, very good. I get for you. I'm like, okay. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. She comes out with like two pounds of honey ham and provolone wrapped in wax paper. I said, um, I wanted a sandwich. And she goes, yes, sandwich. Um, could you make? the sandwich yes sandwich I make for you could you do it now yes here sandwich you make okay I'm just gonna take my wax paper meat by a roll and just figure it out in the park and I'm walking away from the counter just Befuddled. Did I say something wrong? Was I not communicating clearly? Because it was very early in the morning, and when it's early in the morning, I tend to be self-deprecating. I'm stupid. I can't communicate to people. And the old woman who was behind me turns to me and goes, I understood that you wanted a sandwich right away. I'm like, thank you, old woman. Sandwich. 
I just want a sandwich. Sandwich. It's a deli counter. I think you would know sandwiches. I think that might be the first word you learn at a deli counter. Enter head cheese. Don't do it. Olive loaf. Don't do it. You know, that, that's the things that I don't know. Just give me my fucking sandwich. So, no, I have to go make my own. Walking around with a bag with two pounds of meat and cheese in it. Um, does anyone like a slice of provolone? Oh, what else do you have? Nothing. Just provolone, just loose, pro, whatever. My cheese is loose. So we get to the picnic, and it's nice. And after about a half an hour, a new person joins us. I don't know this person. This person goes into the middle of the circle, sits down on my blanket, lays down horizontally, and successfully just blocks me off completely from the rest of the group. I hate when people do this. Did not say hello either. Just parked on my blanket. It was like, and just started talking to one person and ignored everybody else, but successfully cut me and just me off from the rest of the picnic. And the thing is, I'm just sitting there like, uh, and I got up and I tried to talk to other people, but this guy was just so loud. Nobody else was talking. Couldn't talk over. I'm like, okay. So I went and I sat down and that's when I noticed it. Now, this is an attractive young man, perhaps a little too self-involved. Clearly very fashion conscious, but there, on the back of his neck, was the most gigantic wart I have ever seen in my whole life. And once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. I felt like Cindy Brady when she was on the quiz show and the camera went on with the red light and she just went, mm. Baton Rouge, Cindy, Baton Rouge. And I, 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 it's like, and then everything else just became a blur. And it was like hypno wart. Look deep into my hairy follicles, Patrick. Um, you are getting very nauseous. Very nauseous. And I was. And the thing was, now I'm just hearing, seeing, just like this wart filling my eyes. And then I'm just hearing his voice. And by this night, because he didn't stop talking. And by this time, his entire conversation in my mind was now like, sounded like it was coming from underwater. So it's just like. <laughs> and as he's talking, like the back of his neck is moving around, which means that the, the wart is bouncing around. And somehow. Insanity started to set in because I started to imagine that that was actually the voice of the wards. And once that happened, I said, I have to get up and go for a walk for like a really, really long walk. Because I started to feel like John Candy in Uncle Buck when he faced that teacher for his knees. And she had that thing on her lip. And as he was leaving, he was like, by the way, here's a quarter. Why don't you go downtown and buy a rat to gnaw that thing off your face? I was like, what? I always thought that was mean. I don't think it's mean anymore. Dude. I thought, well, maybe he doesn't know it's back there. I'm like, well, he seems to be very, very fascist conscious. Keep touching his hair. And I can't imagine you can't touch your hair without running back your neck and touching that gigantic wart. No excuses. No excuses. You make me sick. You and your wart make me sick. But you know what doesn't make me sick? Happy things happening to screamers. And I just wanted to say lots of happy things are happening. Lots of happy things are happening. Uh, again, Patrick, you are a wordsmith. You're a master of your language, a master of your tongue. Well, I am. <laughs> but I just wanted to say 
Congratulations to a bunch of you because, well, some in particular, because listener Rocky and listener Latasha, they got married. Congratulations. Oh, my God. And they got opposite married. Even though you're ruining the institution of gay marriage, I support you both. And you look fantastic in that gown, girl. And Latasha, you looked pretty good, too. What? Yes, I did. So congratulations to you both. Yay. Yay, but wait, that's not all, because... Fan favorite, frequent guest of the show, sexy man from Houston, Texas, Mr. Trey Dean, also got married. To his longtime partner, Bill. It was a kind of eloped, but he let me know in advance. He was like, hey, can you come on the show and talk about the night before Easter? And he was like, no, I'm getting married. Don't tell anybody. And I hope nobody else is getting married today because I'm running out of marriage music, wedding music, okay? And I'm not doing La Macarena. La Macarena? That's the French Macarena. Oh, my God. So congratulations, all four of you. I am very proud. Daddy's crying. NBE. NB I wrote down NBE and I have no idea what that means. Nice big dicks? Why would I write that down? Why wouldn't I write that? Oh, 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 it's night before Easter. Oh, yes. Now, some of you are probably very confused because I promised at the end of the last episode that I'd be reviewing the night before Easter. But as you know, those of you who have been listening from a very... The very, very beginning of this podcast. Scream Queen ruled number one. A queen has the right to change his mind. And this is why. The Night Before Easter, as many of you may know, was produced and directed by two of the guys from the Hysteria Continues podcast. That would be Nathan and, and Joseph. They put this movie together. Now, I had asked Trey to come and review it with me. I wanted another voice on this one for reasons I will explain. But, you know, he was getting all canubial and shit. Ew. Ew. I just stepped in some canubial. Ew. Ew. But here's the thing. I will review the movie because I promised to review the movie. But I'll tell you right now, if I did not know the people who made it, I would shred the living shit out of it. I can't recommend it. If you're a Hysteria Continues fan, by all means, check it out. Support them. That's great. But I have to revamp what I would say because it is their first time. And since I know them, I have to switch from critic to mentor and make sure everything that I'm saying is constructive because they just they, you need to learn your craft, guys. The mistakes in this movie are rookie filmmaking mistakes, and I don't think you'll learn them just by doing more movies. You actually have to study some filmmaking, but we'll talk about that another time. So I think it's a great idea to end the chatter on an up note. So let's do that. No, wait, before I say anything else, of course, yeah, I can't, yeah, let's end the chatter, but let's keep talking for another five minutes. Way to go, Patrick. I just wanted to say, I'm on Bradford's computer, 
And that's always an issue with sound and tinkering and it changes the way I have to put the show together. Also, the sound quality. Now, for one of the reviews that I'm about to give you, I didn't realize that I had the wrong microphone enabled on the computer. So the sound came out really wonky. And I was like, oh, God damn it. I guess I'll just have to redo the whole thing. So I started to redo that review. And then I realized that the movie I was reviewing was so awful to begin with that I could not muster up the energy to redo what I had just done. So... For one of these reviews, the sound is going to be very, 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 very wonky. It's not bad. I just sound like, you know, I'm in a tin can. I'm not in a tin can. I'm in a fashionable apartment. I'm in my swinging bachelor's pad. And I'm not saying which movie it is because I need Jay from Phoenix to sweat while he awaits the verdict of the firing squad. So enough yapping and let's get to let's get our toes to tapping. Play a little music. Start the show. Yeah.
Hold on to your pampers, bitch asses. It's time for the crap shoot. <laughs> Paul? 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 It seems to me like it has been a very, very, very long time since I gave you guys a crapshoot selection. For those of you who are new to the show, the crapshoot is the segment where I dive headfirst into that vast, endless sea of direct-to-DVD horror movie releases in search of that diamond in the shit pile. And the question, that is always the question, is will I find a shimmering gem of a movie or will I just wind up with a fistful of doo-doo? A fistful of doo-doo, by the way, was like the worst Clint Eastwood movie ever, but that is not the point right now. Because a while ago, Justin... You know, Justin from the Hysteria Continues podcast? Well, he wrote me and he said, Oh my God, you have to see Apartment 1303. It's dreadful. I said, then why do I want to see it? He said, because it's dreadful, dreadful. And I said, yeah, that's going to have me running out. I went, I looked at the trailer. I said, not today, Justin. Not today. But about a week ago, I was bored. I was sick of everything on Netflix, and I saw that it was on Amazon Prime. I couldn't find anything else that was sparking my fancy, and for some reason, I just took the dive and knocked on the door to apartment 1303. Would you like to join me? Would you like to come in with me? Well, you better, because that's where we're going. Trailer, now, listen. What? I'm telling you, it's a great apartment. Oh, Janet, slow down. How many did you see? I signed the lease. Get her out of it and bring her home. She's 24 years old. She has a life. She has a job. She has a boyfriend. A toast to my new apartment. I just came to say hi. I'm your new neighbor. A girl in 1303 jumped off the balcony and died. This place is truly spooky. Hey, little girl. How did you get up here faster than me? So, 
Apartment 1303 is a really late-to-the-game American remake of a Japanese horror movie. Japanese ghost story. It's about this girl, and she's finally leaving home to strike out on her own in her the big, shining city of Detroit. Okay. Curious choice. But all right, let's go. Let's go. And she's leaving her rock star mother behind, as well as her sister, the inevitable Misha Barton. Who is Misha Barton? Why do I care? Why is she everywhere now? What shitty TV show was I on that I missed? You know what? I don't care. I don't care. I don't care because this girl has yet to impress me in anything. Not the point right now. But it turns out, oh my god, the apartment that she got for so cheap is haunted by a murderous ghost. <laughs> Children, Justin was right. This movie is dreadful. But it actually goes beyond just dreadful. Because it is inept on just about every possible level. And here's the thing. I was amused for about 15 minutes. And then I stopped laughing. And then I just started cringing. And then my jaw just stayed on the floor going, Who made this movie? How did you get everything wrong? Every possible conceivable thing does not work. The acting, uniformly terrible. The script, bizarre, nonsensical, special effects, well, practically non-existent. And those that are there, you're like, Oh, okay. Plot, derivative, logic, non-existent. Maybe had a nice soundtrack. I don't remember. I was too busy trying not to poke my eyes out with a drawing compass, which would be hard because I don't even think we have one in the house. But that's not the point. I would have gone out and stopped the movie, gone out, gone down to the Staples, come back. After having bought a, driving, uh, bought a drawing compass just to shove it in my eyes when I started the movie again. Because it's just... I can't... Uh, you're probably wondering why I didn't put Justin up against the wall for this. Well, if I had, I would have been very angry at him. And not only would have the firing squad shot all over him, I probably would have told him to eat a dick. Eat a big... Drippy dick. But first of all, he might like that. And second of all, he's vegan. So I'd have to tell him to like, eat a tofu dick. And you know, like, now it's just getting complicated. However, he didn't recommend it to me as a good movie. He recommended it to me as a dreadful movie. And it is. Okay. Let me explain. As I said, Misha Barton is in the cast. She's never thrilled me. But okay, she's a name. As is... The woman who plays the mother, Rebecca de Mornay, or as I like to call her, Rebecca de Mornay. Now, she's had some ups and downs in her career, but lately she's been tuning in, uh, turning in some fantastic performances. I know a lot of people did not like Mother's Day. I refuse to call it a remake because it had zero to do with the original movie, but I loved her in Mother's Day. For all the flaws in the movie, her performance was gleefully over the top and fun and wonderful. And so I know she can act. 
Misha Barton, I don't know. I know she could say words on camera, and that's fine. And then there's the younger sister, the one who gets the apartment. Oh, my God. Even on the trailer, you know, for the 35 seconds that you see her, you're like, you're terrible. She's blonde. She's 21, maybe. And she's got so much collagen in her lips. I can't believe she's able to keep her head upright. And even if she couldn't, if she fell down, she'd just stick to whatever she landed on like a suction cup. Help me, my lips are stuck to the linoleum. Help me. This girl's terrible. Now, granted, there's something wrong with the script. It feels like what they did with the script was took the Japanese script and just copied all the subtitles. Because there's a huge disconnect. People say things that don't really make sense or you would not speak this way in a normal situation. And when you're reading it in subtitles, it's one thing. It's a different culture. It's a different language. Sometimes things don't translate properly or the word order is off. And also, Japanese filmmaking has a different aesthetic than American filmmaking. You know, things tend to be a little bit more surreal, a little bit, not surreal, but just not quite as realistic. You know, things tend to go off to that dreamland for a bit, and, you know, it's kind of skewed visions of reality. And they are used to that. That is how they tell stories. Their stories are often non-linear as well. Here, I'm just going, who talks like this? I would go and get you an audio clip sample, but there is no fucking way I'm sitting through any of this movie again. Okay, so she gets to her new apartment, which, by the way, somehow she rents sight unseen in Detroit, because that's a good idea. It just looks so pretty in the pictures. You're an idiot. So she gets there, and she keeps wandering around the apartment going, Oh my God, I love my new apartment. My new apartment is so pretty. I can't believe my new apartment. Nobody talks like this. This is what she's saying. I'm not paraphrasing that. She keeps saying this kind of thing. And I'm making that noise because she's got these duck lips like this. And they're flapping around like boom, 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 boom. And it's just uncomfortable to watch. And she feels the need to narrate everything that she does. However, she's not even out of the lobby yet with her luggage. She gets like two steps into the building and already freaky shit is happening. Already she's getting warnings to get the fuck out of there. There's the obligatory creepy little girl. In the lobby, playing ball. She's like, yeah, how you get out of here? Blah. She takes the elevator upstairs. The girl takes the, 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 the our main, you know, horrible girl. Horrible girl who's horrible, as I refer to her. Takes the elevator up to her, the 13th floor, where her apartment is. And somehow, the little girl from the lobby is already up there. Ah! 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 Okay. And she's in the apartment itself for about five seconds before the scary noises and doors banging. And not even subtle shit, either crazy shit. She's there 10 minutes. She's unpacked three things, which she has to narrate. This is my stuffed animal. I love you, Mr. Stuffed Animal. Oh, boy, this is a picture of my sister and my mom. I'm going to put it over here. Narrating everything she does and everything that she looks at. Is, is she special? Is this girl special? And, of course, it's like hideously over-the-top acting. And she's just, I just can't, it's, this is weird. this is painful. This is painful. And then, she's there about 10 minutes, knock on the door. Knock, knock, knock. It's the superintendent. Who's like, I have to get inside to look at your box. 
Well, maybe that's not what he said, but you know, basically that's what he said. She's like, no, I can't let you in. I don't know that you're in the stripper. And he's like, well, why don't you let me in and let me look at your tits and maybe we can get some money off your rent. You've been here for 10 minutes. You've got a warning from a ghost girl in the lobby. You're having creaky sounds and banging and shit and moving, stuff moving around itself in your apartment. And then you get the super in here who comes in and tries to, you know, sexually molest you. Get the fuck out. Does she know? No, 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 no. And this is why I'm like, this girl deserves whatever she gets, and whatever she gets cannot happen fast enough. Now, I'm worrying because I'm thinking this is our main character. I'm going to be stuck with this stupid girl forever. Oh, my God. And then her boyfriend comes over, who's hot, and I've seen him in other things, and I can't think of his name, and it doesn't really matter. He's a cop for no reason. He carries a gun. No reason. Does it ever come up? No. Nope. He's married. Also never comes up. Whatever. And they have a sex scene. Which is so ridiculously over the top because there's actually no sex in it because I think they were aiming for a PG or a PG-13 with that and maybe they got it. I don't know. I don't really care. And they're banging off the walls. They're knocking over lamps. Like all this stuff. She's just so carefully set up. <laughs> just knocking everything over. No clothes are coming off. And it's just stupid. It's stupid. And so when finally the ghost shows up and throws this girl off the balcony and she dies... I breathed a sigh of relief. I said, maybe the movie's going to get better. It's going to shift back to the people who can act. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. It does. It does. However, it's got the same problem. I'm looking at De Rebecca DeMornay, who is an alcoholic in the movie. And her, she's playing so broadly, like, whoa, I'm so drunk, I can't stand up. Plus, she's spewing all this dialogue that nobody would ever say in word order that nobody would ever say it. And I'm going, huh. And then the same thing with Misha Bartman, who just seems pissed the whole movie. And quite frankly, if I had signed on to this and it was turning out like this, I would be pissed as well. She's terrible, too. Her lines make no sense. Her character motivations make no sense. Nobody behaves like human beings. And it's so evenly across the boards that it has to fall on the director. I don't know who directed this thing. But he was clearly had his reign, like just had everybody so reined in to do everything this specific way that, you know what? Fuck you. You fucked your own movie. This might have been okay. No, it wouldn't have been okay because I didn't even talk about the ghosts. Okay. The, the apartment is haunted by some girl who, I don't know, was kept really sheltered by her mother until one day she freaked out, killed the mother, and then threw herself off the balcony. And now it's hosted, haunted by the two of them. And they want company. Or something. Because apparently everybody in the building is dead. Or something. I don't know. Okay. Do I care? Not really. But the ghosts show up. And they're both blonde. And they have their hair in their face. Because, you know, Japanese. Even though it's not. And there's really no makeup on them. So it gets really kind of confusing. Because our three lead women are all blonde. And the two ghosts are blonde. And they all have the same hairstyle. I'm going, I, don't, I really don't know what's going on or why it's going on or why I'm still watching this tremendous pace of shit. Oh, and then the kicker. Apparently they released this to the theaters in 3D. Ooh, yeah, because somebody would be really pissed about that $12 they pissed away because not only is the movie terrible, it's one of those conversions that there's no reason for it to be in 3D. Except to see that girl's giant lips coming at you like, whoa, 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 that would have been scary. Now, Justin, 
I'm speaking to you directly on this because you you rag on Dana Kimmel in front of the 13th part three quite a bit. Or Dana Kimmel, or Dana Kimmel, or whatever you guys call her, because you guys never say that poor woman's name right. It's Dana Kimmel. Because that's how she says it. Not the point right now. You rag on her for her guppy face. No credit, she's not a great actress. And when she gets blubber, she gets a guppy face. That ain't nothing like this girl's guppy face. Because she's wandering around the apartment and she's scared. So she's acting scared. You know, really acting over the top. <laughs> and she's going... <sighs> While she's crying. And those artificial lips are flapping. Flapping. Flapping like the blades of a pinwheel. Like blah, 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 blah. It's really... Amazing to watch, and to, I can only picture it sitting on the big screen and having these giant lips being thirty feet tall and just going. Blah, 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 blah. I ah! Ah! no wonder Detroit went bankrupt because this movie is such a colossal fuck up. But every level, and it's not even funny. Okay, if you're gonna insist on watching it, watch it until the sister gets killed. The first 15 minutes. And you'll know everything you need to know. Because nothing after the rest of it makes sense. Misha Bart moves into the apartment. She's pissed the whole time. Man, 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 man. Misha Bart, man. But it's not funny. And Rebecca Mornay is falling over herself. Trying to appear drunk. And that's not funny either. It's just got this air of tragedy over the whole thing. Not for the characters. But for the production. Because this... this just doomed from the outset. Doomed! But you know who's not doomed? You. Because I've warned you. Now, I know some of you people are like, Oh, Patrick, you made such and such a movie sound so funny, I'm going to watch it anyway. And then I get emails from you going, Oh my God, why didn't I listen to you? Well, listen to Daddy right now. And listen good. If you're going to watch it, just watch the very beginning. And then run. Run for your life. Because those lips are going to come after you. Oh my god, I wonder if that girl's going to haunt the apartment now that she's dead. And those lips will just be hanging around like... Bah, 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 boo. I'm haunting my beautiful new apartment. Everything's so pretty. By the way, the apartment's gross. It's got a great view, but the apartment's gross. So she's everything... Okay, forget it. Forget it. I've talked enough about this movie. I've talked about this movie longer than I talked about the main feature. So fuck it. Fuck this movie. Fuck everything. And get me the hell out of this building now.
precious little screamers. The main feature this week is a found footage movie called Afflicted. Now, it's a terrifying cautionary tale. You see, it's about this young southern girl. Well, she's not a girl. She's becoming a woman. And she moves to the big city. And for some reason, all of a sudden, she becomes this, like, nymphomaniac. She can't stop having sex with everybody. And when she's not having sex with everybody, she's chronically masturbating. Just, like, all the time. So much so that she has to go to the hospital, right? And when she gets to the hospital, they take one look at her private parts, and you know, they are just ruined. And they said, oh my God, girl, what did you do to your clitoris? And the girl says, afflicted. Afflicted right off. That was a long way to go for a very lowbrow joke, but hey, welcome to Scream Queens. No, no, no. Afflicted is a new found footage horror movie. I know, your eyes just went, uh... And I had posted the trailer for this on the fan page just because I said, hey, this looks pretty good. And then one of our listeners went and saw it. And he said, hey, you know what? It is pretty good. And I said, hey, really? And he said, hey, yeah, it is. I liked it so much that I'd be willing to go up against the firing squad for it. What? Now, I find this a bit of a dilemma because technically, I recommended the movie to all of you, although I had not seen it. I just said it looked good. But he was so eager... And when I said, I'm not sure, he started to get his little puffy face and his eyes started filling up with the little tears and his little red cheeks just got all slappable. And I just said, oh, all right. If you want to go up against the wall so badly, who am I to stop you? So, listener Jay. No, no. Not Haunt Cub Jay. Is a completely different J. I have to come up with another name for you. Phoenix J for now. Phoenix J. You got a lot of explaining to do. But first, let's take a listen to the trailer. All right, I'm Cliff Ross. And I'm Derek Lee. And tomorrow we're going on a year-long trip around the world. We're going to film the entire thing. We're going to post it online as a travel blog. It's going to be epic. Let's just go home. No, we're not going home. We're not going anywhere. Hey, 
I have no idea what's going on with Derek. What he did should be impossible. Derek? How do you think this happened? I don't know. I need to find Audrey. It starts with her. Are you okay? I feel fine. of these two lifelong friends, Cliff and Derek, and they've got this great idea for a travel blog, something revolutionary. See, they're going to go all around the world for a year, travel all around the world for a year, and do live updates, you know, every day or whenever something happens, and then everybody responds, and, you know, if you say, hey, you want us to do something, we'll do it. You know, if you want us to jump naked off the Eiffel Tower, we'll do it, because that's how cool these guys are, but something happens almost immediately. While they're in Paris. Was it Paris? If it wasn't Paris, it is Paris now. Derek brings a girl home from a bar for sexual relationships. And when his friends find him, he is unconscious and bloodied. Oh my God, what happened to Derek? And that is the question of Afflicted. What happened to Derek? Because almost immediately after this attack, Derek starts acting strange. He's sleeping all the time. He can't eat. He's projectile vomiting quite a bit. And he refuses to go to the hospital because that's the smart thing to do. So, Cliff being the cameraman is like, well, we'll document all of this and we'll post it on the website. Blah, 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 blah. So the movie is the story of Derek's descent into whatever affliction this might be. Whatever this girl gave him. And unraveling that mystery. J, 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 J. You were so excited to get in front of the firing squad. Well, how does it feel, boy, now that you're here? You know what to do. Get up against the wall and assume the position. Because Jay from Phoenix, it's Judgment Day. Or should I say, Judgment Jay 
after careful consideration of the film afflicted, recommended by you, little one, sweet little innocent Jay. I have to say, in all honesty, this movie's amazing. What? This movie is crazy. I love the shit out of it. It's very difficult to talk about it without spoiling it. How much do I want to spoil? I don't know. Nothing, really. So what can I say? Well, the first thing that I would like to say that really sets it apart is that it stands found footage on its head and that it has virtually none of the cliches. There's nobody ever saying, put the camera down, why are you filming everything? Blah, blah, blah. No, because that's what they're there to do. It makes total sense. Also, this movie has an international flair because they're jet setting all around Europe. And in the final acts of this, when they're jumping back and forth between the countries, they've got these Wonderful backdrops that you don't normally get in these things. Because clearly, if you're doing a found footage movie, you don't have a budget. These guys have a budget. Because they didn't just go to one place and stay. They're all over the place. And that's very exciting when it gets to the final chases. Jet setting here and there with supernatural things in, in, in hot pursuit. It worked. It worked. The other thing I want to say is that there came a point where normally this is where a found footage movie would end. Not spoiling anything, but normally this is how all found footage movies end. Think about it. I said, wow, that was good. I enjoyed that. And then I looked at the clock and I looked at the running time that was left. I said, okay. There's almost an hour left to this movie. What is there left to explore? Let me tell you, a whole lot. Because where the found footage movie normally ends afterwards, like I said, it turns into this hot pursuit chase across Europe. You know, dodging the authorities, chasing down monsters, and it's exhilarating and also terrifying. What really makes this work is that evidently, these filmmakers, Derek and Cliff, are real lifelong friends. And that comes across very strongly and adds believability to everything. So when things start going bad, there's that added foot feeling... <sighs> There's an added emotion there that normally wouldn't be there. That this is these are two friends that actually are worried and scared for each other. That is very, very powerful. And I have to tell you, kids, there are some visual things in here that are nightmare-inducing. I was watching this. I was visiting my parents. And I was watching it, you know, at like midnight. So they'd gone to bed. There was a couple of visuals that even if I could have screamed, I couldn't scream, A, it would have woken my parents, but B, I was afraid to scream. I was like, my hands just went right over my mouth and I stopped breathing because it was the most terrifying thing I had seen in a very long time. That much said, the movie's not perfect because even though they're lifelong friends, 
one of our main characters is a considerably better actor than the other one. Yeah, they got the natural friend thing going on, but there does come a point where emoting needs to happen, and one of them is a little forced. Not bad. Not bad. But, however, the movie fixes that soon enough. I would have to say, this movie, for a long time, was reminding me of Chronicle. That was the movie that came out a couple years ago. It was the super the, the kids that got superhero powers found footage style movie. Because for a long time, not for a long time, but for a good portion of the movie, it's Derek discovering what this attack has given him. I guess all of a sudden he can run the 60 miles an hour. That's pretty cool. All of a sudden he can jump over buildings. That's pretty cool. And they're both really excited about it. And they're posting it to the to the website. And the the viewers are really excited about it. Except they keep saying, you really got to get this guy to a hospital. Because he's not eating. Something is wrong. And that is another drawback. I kept saying, really, really, Cliff, take this boy to the hospital. They have something built into this because Derek had an existing condition. He was in the hospital for a very long time because he's got some kind of knot of blood vessels in his brain that could be fatal. And so he already spent enough time in the hospital. He doesn't want to go back. I get that. I get that. Like Chronicle, this movie has a nice mix of practical and CGI effects. And they are used sparingly. And well. So sparingly that when some of the CGI stuff happens, you're like, well, that had to have been CGI, but it went by so fast, I can't really tell. And that was exactly how it should have been. This is how you do found footage now. We've kind of exhausted all those cliches. I can't watch any more found footage. I'm so tired of it because it's all the same. Follows the same formula. It's always like just, you know, some asshole with a camera that usually had $20 to make a movie. And here we go. And it's always predictable. And I can honestly say there's really nothing predictable about Afflicted. And for that, Jay, I'll give you a super, super squeezy hug. Mmm. 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 Okay, this is going someplace I didn't intend it to go. You're engaged. You're engaged. Calm down, boy. Calm down. So, again, highly recommend Afflicted. It's available on demand right now. It should be out on DVD soon. And just go. Go, 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 go. Get your hands on a copy. And just do it. But don't flick your clitoris off. Because that was a terrible story. Okay, bye. Show me the land of the midnight sun. That's one place that I ain't never gone, but you will get far if you stay where you are. Baby, can you hear me? Can you understand? I know this planet like the back of my hand, and there's no time to waste to find that last secret place. I'm gonna check in on a mystery train running down that lonesome track. If I had to do it, I would do it again, and there ain't no turning back.
Patrick, how you doing? It's Tony from Huntington. Tony. I hope you're well, dude. Uh, still listening. Just wanted to call and say happy birthday to you and Mr. Brad. It seems like you guys are well, and that's good to hear. Uh, everything's good with me. It's been kind of a tough week. Uh, oh. Our basement was flooded this week, and ah. that's where I usually hang out. I got my office down there and my computer where I play all my geek games and all that stuff and where I download your podcast. But we're going to clean up and, uh, you know... Uh, get it back in shape soon so uh hopefully that'll happen soon uh just wanted to call also i wanted to see if you're excited about the upcoming godzilla movie i think we're about the same age so i think uh maybe you watched that stuff growing up too it looks really awesome and i can't wait for it uh also wanted to see if you're watching hannibal on channel four uh i originally dismissed it when i heard about it but it's actually uh a surprisingly graphic show for NBC, and it's extremely well-written. They're really uh, also not trying. They're made the smart. Normally, this is the point in the call where I would go, eh, boy, the sound effect. But I'm not going to do that to you, Tony, because as we all know, there's something wrong with the voicemail. It keeps cutting everybody off at one minute. So I will not do that to you because you've been through enough having your man cave all flooded. That sounds dirtier than I even intended it to be. Ooh, Tony. Anyway, um, what did you talk about? Thank you for the happy birthday wishes. Oh, Godzilla. Yes, Godzilla. By this time, it's already out. Because as some of you know, Tony called in last time and it just was a mess. Not not Tony, but the the, the voicemail and everything. So I put it off for a week. Anyway, uh, Bradford and I went to go see it the other night, and we had a really good time. It was uh, a little long, I thought. But yeah, I grew up on Godzilla movies because I'm sure since you're from Long Island as well, you also grew up on the 430 movie on Channel 7. It's Planet of the Apes week. It's Godzilla week. It's Edgar Allan Poe week. It's Aliens from Space week. All that good stuff. Long-time listeners are like, we know, we know the 430 movie was awesome. It was awesome, and you're just going to have to deal with it. You guys never got to see it. So there, ha. Ha ha. Uh, I did like it. I thought it was long, but entertaining. That guy who was the lead dude, he started to get a little Brad Pitt and World War Z, like everywhere he went. He was the only survivor, but they stopped that after a while, and I got okay with it again. But I have to say, Tony, 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 the scariest thing in the movie was Brian Cranston's wig. Girl, what is on top of your head? What is that? In the first scenes it was in, I was so distracted. And then when the title card came up that said 15 years later, I'm like, oh, okay, now we'll meet him again. And now he'll have normal looking. No, he doesn't. Okay, I thought maybe it was going to show the age. No, nope. Nope. So it kind of worries me that that wig is still running around out there somewhere. Also, I'm glad they put Mothra in, but come on, where are the clam girls? Come on, don't give me Mothra with no clam girls. Still, that much said, you did have glowing moth vagina, so that was a thing. Ew. Ew. Okay, I'm going to go check out what's on your other call and try to scrape the mental image of glowing moth snatch. Out of my head, and it's actually just glowing brighter. Twinkle, twinkle, little moth vagina. I cannot think of anything finer. Hi, it's Tony from Huntington again. Hi, Tony. Uh, yeah, if you're getting this message, uh, I was looking for a trade-off. Maybe I could uh, 
get you guys some drinks, you and Mr. Brad, and I could uh, learn something about podcasting because I'd like to uh, ultimately kind of in the sky right now, but uh, launch a podcast for the new bar. But I hope all is well with you guys. Uh, take care and uh, hope to hear from you soon. Bye. Okay. I like drinks. Yeah, so you want to start a podcast? Are you sure? Are you really, really sure? It changes your life in a lot of good ways. But it ends your life in a lot of ways as well. Well, if you're ready, if you're ready to take the jump, I'm willing to get drunk off of that. Um, send me an email at crew at screamqueens.com. Screamqueens.com with your email and we'll figure something out from there. Thank you for calling in, Tony. Always a pleasure. Okay, that's all the voicemail that we have. Actually, that's not true. I have two messages from Edward in Phoenix. I'm having trouble accessing them because the voicemail is screwy. But they're probably complaining that there's like two or three of them and, so, and they're all a minute. He's probably like, hey, why do I keep getting cut off? Well, he figured it out on his own because he finally listened to the last episode and now understands what was going on. And I apologize to you, Edward. I'll get to them as soon as I can. Which might not be for a while, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know you'll understand because you're a nice person. However, we got some emails that are very exciting. Okay, so the first one says, Hi, Patrick. I just discovered the Screen Queens podcast a few months ago and have spent every moment in the studio catching up. Good Lord. You poor thing. I love it, he says. Thanks for all of the hard work and entertainment. You're very welcome. I'm a painter, he says, and I just started a new project called Furry Familiars. Let's try that again. Furry Familiars, Cats Behind the Horror. It's going to be an ongoing project where I paint portraits of those little furry devils behind the horror industry. Anywho, I know you're surrounded with them, and I was wondering if you'd be willing to let me paint them. You can check out my previous work here. To get an idea of my work. Either way, you're amazing, and I look forward to hearing hear more of your great laugh and sharp tongue. Thanks, Jason. Now, this comes from Jason Edward Davis. And I already wrote him back and said, absolutely yes. Absolutely yes, you may paint my pussies. Absolutely. And if you're interested in checking out his work, you can check him out at www.jasonedwarddavis.com. And it's spelled like it sounds. So thank you, Jason. I had to give him all the information of what my pussies look like and how they acted. So hopefully we'll be seeing that soon. That's very exciting. Okay, next email. <clears throat> hey, Patrick. I'm a first-time writer, long-time listener. And I, I would go with the bells and go, Yay! First-time caller, but you didn't call. So, okay. All right, anyway. Big fan. Love the show and your insightful reviews. As a big horror movie fan and former film studies major, I think we have similar tastes and sensibilities in horror flicks. I believe we are about the same age and probably saw many of the same movies around the same time in the mid to late 70s and early 80s. Yep, that's about right. That's actually why I'm writing in. Have you ever seen, discussed, reviewed the 1979 Australian vampire movie Thirst? No, I've never even heard of this movie. I saw it on HBO around the time it came out in 1979 and was immediately freaked out and intrigued by it. For me... This would fit into that category of your show about films that obsessed you as a child. 
I have a DVD copy of it, and it still holds up in my opinion, although it's a bit dated. It has some notable actors for a semi-obscure Aussie horror film, David Hemmings and Harry S Henry Silva, to be specific, and one of those distinctly 70s orchestral mu music musical 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 scores that I kind of missed. It's a very unique and modern for the 1970s take on the horror film, long before that genre was fucked out. Nice. Anyway, just curious if you've seen it. I have not. And what you think of it? I think nothing. I think I want to see it. I would have called into your voicemail, but alas, I'm too shy. And you would have gotten hung up after a minute, and then you would have just been traumatized. So just as well. Again, I absolutely love the show. A few of my favorite episodes include Evil Under the Sun and Theater of Blood episodes. I'm a fan of Diana Rigg as well. Well, who the fuck isn't? If you're not, get the fuck off my show. No, don't. Just learn. Learn. Also, the Time After Time and Love at First Bite episodes, both also from 1979, coincidentally. Yes, those are all very good and popular episodes. Well, take care, Patrick. Keep up the fabulous work. Sincerely, Christine. Why, thank you, Christine. I am definitely interested in Thirst, and I told you I'm going to try to find it when I get back from the UK. I did a preliminary search, and I'm coming up with Bubkiss. So if you've got a copy, I want a copy. Let's talk. Send me an email like you did. Okay? Okay. All right, we got one more. Oh, my. Hi. We met yesterday, Sunday, at the Jekyll and Hyde Club. You gave me and my buddy Chris Abbott your email address and said to get in touch, and here I am. Is anybody else thinking this feels like the missed connection section on Craigslist? Because I'm kind of getting tingly, but I even know who it is. Okay, it's Alex Laybourne that I already mentioned. I would love to chat a bit about horror and writing, maybe even my own writing. What a subtle fellow, right? I am in town until Saturday, and if you would like, I could drop a couple of my books into you at the restaurant as a gift. Kind regards, Alex Laybourne. You do realize you said that into was one word here, so it sounds like you're going to put your books all up in me. And, you know, I'm kinky, but I'm not that kinky. Okay? That would hurt. Very unsanitary, too. But, yeah, Alex, unfortunately, I got his email late. So he was already gone, gone, gone by the time I saw it. And because he was leaving on a jet plane. Don't know when I'll be back again. So, Alex, I send you a response. I haven't gotten one back. But, like I said, I'm going to be in the U.K. from the 4th to the 12th. If you're in the London area, maybe we could hook up and have some, you know, spotted dick. No, I'm not. No. I'm drawing the line. I'm putting my foot down on spotted dick. Yeah, I know what I said. Gross. Okay, so that's all the emails, that's all the voicemails, and that's pretty cool. Yay. So if you want to be like Tony and all the other people who tried to leave a voicemail to make this show even better than it was going to be, by all means, give me a call at 347-767-3509, and hopefully that damn thing will be working soon. Or... You could be like those other people who wrote in. I know, so old-fashioned. But you could write me at crew at screamqueens.com. And as always, that's Queens with a Z. You can like me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. You can join the Facebook fan page and just do a search on Scream Queens Horror Podcast. And on Twitter, do at Scream Queens. That's me. Also, if you like to listen to things on mobile devices, I highly recommend you check out the Stitcher app. You can go over and download it for free. And you can find all your favorite podcasts, including me. And by all means, leave a review over there because I still don't have one. And I feel all naked and stuff. And 
there's only certain times I like to feel naked, and on Stitcher, I don't. I just don't. So, next time. I don't know when next time is going to be. Because I realized that my next show should be around the 13th, which is a Friday. Which, of course, means it should be the next installment of my Friday the 13th Spectacular. But I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be in the UK. I don't think there'll be a show. And I apologize for that. I hate to break the cycle, but it looks like that's the way it's going to be. But still, keep keep your eye on your feed. I might be able to finagle something from across the waters. International slashing. Or bashing, I should say. Because you know what we're up to? Jason takes Manhattan. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, I'll stop making that noise now. So until next time, whenever that time may be, remember my beautiful screamers. So until next time, whenever that next time may be, continue to make the world a creepier place. And remember, as my grandmama used to say, Boy, you is kind. You is smart. You is important. You is gay. <laughs> now go get me my prune juice. Put a little vodka in it. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches. <laughs>